This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 56 of the Rebel Author Podcast. This week, I'm talking to a repeat guest. HB Line is back, and we're going to be talking through tips and tricks for how to both set and achieve your writing goals. But first, to last week's question. Last week's question was, do you prefer audio or video, podcasts or YouTube? And I was just, I guess I was just interested to see uh, what people had to say. Now, <laughs> silly on me, I posted this really late uh, in the Rebel Authors Facebook group. So I apologise uh, that I've only got a few comments to read out. I know uh, the, the longer the week goes on, there gets more, there gets you... <laughs> There are more comments, and usually uh, I post it on a Wednesday so that I have maximum comments from everyone. So sorry, I completely forgot and got... It's been a hard week. Anyway, Judy Wasterfield says, uh, I like audio and video both, but they're not opposed for me. I listen to, podca listen to podcasts before going to sleep and to videos whilst I'm working on editing or design. If I really had to choose, I'd pick podcasts because I feel like sound is always better on podcasts than videos. YouTubers, please don't neglect your audio. It's important. I agree. I think um, I have become very sound sensitive since running a podcast and having to listen to my voice over and over again. Um, I I never would have noticed like audio quality changes, but now I am super sensitive to it. So I completely understand. Jasmine Plate says, I like both, but audio is easier to fit into the cracks between activity activities. Audio feels more intimate to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there is something about having those headphones in your ears, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but audio definitely feels intimate to me too, because it's like just you and nobody else can hear what you're hearing. Whereas when you're watching a video, typically, um, you know, it's on your phone, other people can look over your shoulder. I don't know, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what other people think about why audio in particular is so intimate. Um, yeah, so just a couple of comments this week. <laughs> Sorry for not posting sooner. Um, I will do better this week. So this week's question is, how do you set, manage, track and record your writing goals? All right, straight into a personal update then this week because uh, the book recommendation of the week is the NaNoWriMo story bundle. I have mentioned this for the last couple of weeks because it's a really good bundle. There are 17 books and a course as well. The course is worth $150 alone. And if you want the whole kit and caboodle, then you can get all 17 books and the course for just $20. A couple of my books are in there. You've got books from Kevin J. Anderson, from Joanna Penn, from Andrea Pearson, from Sarah Painter, covering topics, um, all kinds of topics from writers and doubt to audio, um, audio podcasting for authors, to marketing, to descriptions from Brian Meeks, uh, craft topics. So it's absolutely cram packed full. And yeah, so do yourself a favor and check it out. So in personal update, then I have been working on uh, getting the word out about my course, my first uh, writing craft course, which is the anatomy of prose, the senses. So this looks at writing uh, more sensory um, just descriptions, making, deepening your characterization, looking at uh, the quality of your prose. Uh, so you can go and check that out. It's only $99 at the moment. That is a launch price. It will be going up to $129 at the end of October. So 
if you're thinking about it, now is the time to do it because come the 31st, well, uh, come the 1st of November, it will go up to $129. So yeah, it is 99. Go have a look. And I will leave a link to that in the show notes. Uh, one other thing then, uh, before I tell you about my week, um, I am speaking at the 2021 Sorted Conference, which is run and hosted and organised by Janet Murray, who will be on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks. So the conference is all about looking at planning out your year for next year, looking at your content, looking at your marketing, the big goals and how you can achieve them in your writing and your business. If you are slightly more on the entrepreneurial side, very much interested in business, then this is a conference you do not want to miss. I have been binge listening to Janet's podcast uh, over the last couple of weeks and it is phenomenal. I can't remember the last time I listened to a podcast with so many tangible takeaway tips. So yeah, highly recommend that. And it's just called The Janet Murray Show. And go check the conference too and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. So in completely personal news and update then, I think I mentioned last week that uh, my son's year group was sent home because somebody got COVID. Uh, and we are now, I think, day nine or ten or whatever it is. Anyway, the the um, the quarantine ends for him at midnight tonight and so he will be going back to school on Monday but... <sighs> This was unlike lockdown. So in lockdown, uh, we weren't given any homeschooling stuff. And so we did a bit and then he would play and I got a lot more done. This week, the school sent an awful lot of uh, homeschooling stuff because obviously it's term time. And wow, yeah, it's been it's been a week. It's been very hard. I've got very little done. So I'm a bit uh, crammed this weekend. I'm going to have to try and catch up this weekend. Um, but I am working on my conference session presentation and uh, looking at planning out next year and doing some freelance work. And last but by no means least, next week I will be getting on with the editing of Trey uh, and also Sirens, but I'm, I'm starting with Trey and then I will do Sirens afterwards. And I've had a few realizations um, about that book in particular and I, the voices of some of the characters. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to that because I want to tweak and edit. I know I've sort of mentioned before that I felt like I couldn't necessarily change anything, but I think I see a way of changing some things that will make me feel a bit better. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay, listener rebel of the week this week is Yanni Jade. Yanni says, years ago while living at home, I worked a permanent full-time office job. It paid well, it was secure, and I spent over six years working there, but I wasn't happy. I was closeted and had responsibilities to my family, paying the bills when my mum moved away, leaving my sister and I with the maintenance, rent and bills for the house. Once mum decided to return to the house after a year or so, it caused a massive upheaval. It was dark times, I needed to escape and my opportunity to do it came around. Despite my family's disapproval, I left my permanent full-time job for a seasonal minimum wage, minimum wage job and left home completely. I moved to the far north of the UK and met the love of my life and have never looked back. Uh, it was the best decision I've ever made, though I was keenly reminded for many years how selfish it was of me to leave. I don't regret it at all. I'm more myself now than I've ever been in my entire life. I am unapo unapologetically the happiest I have ever been. I love that. And I think rebellion against family is one of the biggest, hardest types of rebellions you can do because you know, lots of your family have expectations and they love you and they care about you. And 
you know, but you have to live the life that you want to live because it is your life and your days and you cannot do what other people want you to do because that only leads to misery. So thank you to a new patron this week, Harley Christensen. Uh, a huge thank you for joining me and thank you for coming along and joining the Slack group as well. Uh, and a big thank you to all my old patrons and new patrons alike. I am deeply grateful for your support and I really appreciate it because you make me feel like A, what I do is worthwhile and B, obviously you're helping to support the show as well. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, then you can do so by visiting patreon.com uh, forward slash Sasha Black, and you can do that from as little as $2 a month. All right, I think that's it. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by a super special guest because HB Line is a returning guest to the Rebel Author. Tell you a little bit about HB Line, and then, um, yeah, you can tell us a bit more about you. Okay, so HB Line lives in Yorkshire with her husband, two children, and a cat. When not juggling family commitments, she writes dark urban fantasy novels, purging her imagination of its demons. Wait, I need tips on that because I have a little bastard of a self-doubt demon. You can tell me all about how to get rid of that. Um, inspired by the king of horror himself, Holly aspires to be at least, as half, uh, at least half as prolific and successful and promises to limit herself to only one tome of the stand-like proportions in her career. Other interests and idols include Joss Whedon, and Robert Kirkman, and she will often be spotted wearing TWD or Firefly apparel. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. No, it's an honour. Um, so, yeah, welcome back. So literally, for those who didn't hear the first episode, then it is episode five, um, and you were talking about um, world building, and I actually, in the process of writing my questions for you, realised I hadn't included your name on the bloody podcast, so I went and edited all the podcasts, and now you are officially on that podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, so for those who had missed um, that episode, do go back and listen. It's a cracking episode, loads of advice and tangible tips about how to world build, mistakes to avoid, all of that good stuff. Um, so I think it's it must have been about a year because I'm approaching a year on this podcast mm. and you were one of the first um, guests so yeah. tell everyone what you've been up to since we last spoke about a year ago oh what haven't I been up to it's been a mad year um okay so I'm um, plugging away at the fiction uh, I haven't published any Oh, no, I have published new fiction since we uh, last spoke. Um, I've been in a set of anthologies. Um, so that was a heck of an experience. Um, and I've written my first non-fiction book, which is crazy and scary and wonderful and all of that. Um, and so, what, yeah. so before, yeah, so what was the difference? What did you, like, how did you find, I know this was completely unplanned, but I'm just being nosy. Uh, what, what, how, how did you find the difference between writing fiction and non-fiction? Like, what was your experience with those? Oh, it was so different. <laughs> like, yeah, because I'm a discovery writer for my fiction. Uh, so I just get a spark of an idea and just set off and see what happens. Um, and I couldn't do that for the non-fiction or I felt I couldn't, I wanted to know you know, what it was I wanted to say, I wanted to have a plan, I wanted to make sure it all fit together, all the nuts and bolts were coherent and everything. So I really, really planned that fucker. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just totally different. 
and in every way and although like once I like got writing got drafting you know the experience of flow was the same and like despite all the planning as I started writing I had more ideas and was like oh I need to include that and I need to do a chapter on that and so the plan kept growing as I was drafting it as well so um, that was a lot like how my fiction works so yeah so different and yet the same amazing and that book that you just wrote or published I should say now um is what we're here to talk about which is all about goal setting so do you want to tell everyone I guess the full title a little bit about the book and also really importantly why you chose to write that book specifically Mm, so it's goal setting for writers um and okay so I had seen uh, a lot of my indie author friends um, having great success with nonfiction. And I, I guess I, you know, I'm looking to, I have a certain business model that I am trying to aspire to. And, and I thought that it seemed, it was a good fit. It fit with my long-term goals and goal setting is what I'm good at. Um, so there's some, there's some serious <laughs> irony there, like with, uh, with your long-term goals and fitting <laughs> with your goals. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it just, just the ideas started piling up and people kept asking me for help with their goal setting. And, you know, I was getting some really good stuff out of, um, sort of my role in the community and, um, and I just, I felt like I needed to share what I had learned. And I also, because I was sort of floundering a little bit with my own goal setting, and I guess I wanted an incentive to really nail down my own process. And I love Joanna Penn's advice about if you want to learn something, teach it. <laughs> so... Oh my God. Yes. Like I, I, do you know, and that was literally going to be my next question. Do you feel like you learned something from writing, um, that nonfiction book? Because I tell you what, the literally, the reason I write nonfiction books is because I'm selfish and I want to learn the stuff I'm learning, you know, even though, and this is like the crazy thing, even though I go to a topic with knowledge and experience already, I still learn something more by writing about it. Yeah, definitely. Because the because of the depth that you go into and the detail and the research that you do for the book and you, you do, you deepen your own understanding of the topic, even if it's something you're already good at. Um, and it cements it in a way that just reading about it doesn't. If you're writing about it, you it really goes in and becomes more ingrained. Absolutely. And I think the other thing, um, and I'm sure most of the listeners are are fiction writers, but the thing for me about um, nonfiction is that you have to make conscious something that you've already internalized and automated. So if you're an expert in an area, usually it's because you are a super proficient, you've mastered it, well, as mastered as you can in, in philosophical terms, but, um, mm. and therefore you do it automatically, which also means that, you know, you don't necessarily know how you do those things. And in order mm. to write good nonfiction books, you have to be able to break it down and explain that. And I yes. think the act of that and the act of having to do that is the bit that makes me learn all over again, takes mm. me to like a different level. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about goal setting. What mistakes do you think writers make when it comes to goal setting? Usually being vague. Um or not setting goals at all. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but you know, everyone has their own their own flow and their own way of doing things. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you are happy and fulfilled with just living life without a plan, then that's great and you do you. But if you are not feeling fulfilled and not accomplishing the things that you kind of want to, then you need a system and you need to um you need a way to to tap into that side of your life and make it work for you better and that's what my book is aiming to help people with so yeah I, I think being being vague is is the big one and not not really quite articulating what they want to achieve so do you have an example of a goal that would be vague versus a goal that is specific uh to be a successful writer that might sound superficially like quite a specific thing but it's not at all that's so vague what does success even mean it's completely subjective and you know writing what and you know it, that's a, a very vague goal okay awesome so what method or system do you recommend for creating goals and can you just briefly like explain the system to listeners yeah I'm a big fan of the SMART goal system. So that is where your goal is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. And um, yeah, so you need to, as well as a vague needing to be specific, you need to build in ways of measuring your progress and tracking your progress and make sure that you, you're aiming for the right thing. Is it, you know, does it match with your life is it um is it realistic for where you are now um and the big one for me is that time bound put a deadline on it because without a deadline it's not really a plan it's just a dream yeah and so what does measurement look like because sometimes um and maybe maybe this is just me and my naivety about goal setting um but sometimes i feel like it's really hard to find something that is measurable in a goal um some of my goals are super specific like i want to be a six-figure business owner you know that is super specific and i can measure that financially each month whether or not i'm making progress that but for some you know, looking at, uh, I want to be a successful writer, how, how would you make that more measurable and specific? Like what, can you give me some examples, I suppose? Yeah. So you need to, when you're thinking about sort of nailing down the specificity, um, you want to put numbers on it. So, um, obviously success is totally subjective. So this is just an example, but say you want to earn six figures so you're aiming for a hundred thousand a year so you need to then break down you need to break that down into smaller increments and measure your progress along that um track um so it might be to make five thousand in the first month and ten thousand in the next month and scale up that way um you could also have a goal where you measure words um, written or published or finished products published um, you can measure the time you spend on something so it might be that you are you know you have a goal which is more of a sort of long um, sort of long-term daily thing like write 500 words a day or write for one hour a day um, and that is totally measurable and you can you can 
write it down you can have physical a physical way of tracking it that might be like on a whiteboard above your desk or in a bullet journal or a notebook or um, a spreadsheet on your computer but the important thing is to actually do the measuring I don't think it's enough just to have the, the number in your head I think it really helps to write down the progress so that you can see it in a really physical way yeah oh I so agree with that and um, also acknowledge that the first system of measurement might might not be the right one so for mm. example um i really want to up my daily word count to three thousand words so when i write i typically write between two and two and a half thousand and i can do that without breaking much of a sweat it's hard work but i i get it done um but i would love to approach three thousand words but actually what i found was and especially through covid that um having that as a goal was really demoralizing for me because it's just almost uh, unrealistic for me to be able to achieve that so um, uh, what I have started to do is to track time and sprints so I now have a tracker that that tracks the amount of uh, 20 minute sprints that I've done and that is far more um, rewarding because I can actually see that actually I have done good work regardless of the word count I have done good work so for anybody who has tried to track and measure and found themselves feeling demoralized don't be afraid to try something else in terms yeah. of measurement absolutely and i'm doing the same thing at the moment i'm tracking word sprints uh, as well like i mean i had a goal for august to write thirty thousand words which was completely unrealistic so you know i slip up and make mistakes um but i haven't actually tracked my total words but i have been tracking the sprints that i do and that is what has actually worked for me this month absolutely Okay, so when writers start, all goals, even goals like publishing a book, seem incredibly big and far off. Like I know when I came to this and I was like, yeah, I, I want to publish all the books and I want to be full time. It's so far off. You know, most of these things are several year journeys. If you go from, if you are right at the start and you're writing your first book, then realistically leaving your job is probably a good few years away, which seems enormous and scary and in part demoralizing. So what tips do you have to make big goals more manageable and you know to keeping your motivation up um yeah throughout throughout the, the whole goal progress yeah. process. so first of all I'm a big advocate of having a big why I think having one of those big far-off dreamy goals is incredibly important for motivation and it helps you then to formulate a plan for other areas of your life that all kind of come together and culminate in this one big thing but yeah it can be overwhelming and you know insurmountable and too far away so you have to break it down you have to have much smaller stepping stones towards that goal so you know and your your big why might be quite vague and you know just sort of dreamy like oh, I want to I want to be interviewed by Oprah and it's like you know it's way up there but you you just start small you sort of start small and then start big and then go small mm -hmm. <laughs> um so yeah if you are a very very new writer writing your very first book maybe maybe even finishing the book isn't the goal maybe it is building the habit that's the goal so you're you oh would God. set like a a daily target or a weekly target if you can't write every day mm -hmm. um but it's it's all totally down to your situation and what um what your what your needs are and what your circumstances are 
And I know that you do something that I also do. So I'm going to um, throw in a question about this as well. You also use a reward system, don't you? Mm. Will you just tell everyone a little bit um, about that? Because I know it works for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, first and foremost, I give myself gold stars. It's it's the basic thing, but and it's it's just a hangover from childhood. But I, if I meet my you know word count for the day or sprint count for the day, I slap a gold star in my bullet journal, and it feels good. It's that little um, you know feedback loop that you get, uh, the sort of endorphin you know rush that you get for doing something nice for yourself um but during nano season i i am a big advocate of of having um more physical rewards and i i believe that you should set yourself rewards that are things you were going to do or get anyway Mm. and to deprive yourself of them until (laughs) you reach that goal (laughs) i'm just making sasha die Uh, yeah no you know when you like breathe in and then you like choke on your own air yeah that's what happened um yeah and uh so I was just gonna say I love that that's so devious and so rebellious and villainous of you I absolutely love it especially because it's something that you wanted anyway um things that I really like are bath bombs from Lush Lush is Mm -hmm. I don't know if Lush is an international organization but it's like a definitely in the UK and they have like all of these organic, beautiful, natural type smelly products that are wildly girly. Um, and I, <laughs> it's like the only girly thing that I do. And I absolutely fucking love a smelly bath bomb. Um, you know, like a rose one or a lavender one. Um, if you're listening, wife. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and like there is nothing better than a bath bomb, like a purple bath with a book. Oh, I love it. So that's usually one of my rewards, especially like in a nano or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay, is there a wrong time to start setting goals? Oh yes, <laughs> um, March twenty twenty was was the wrong time to set goals for almost everyone on the planet, um, and that was when I decided to write the book. <laughs> oh my god, what's uh, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, it, you know, it was one of those. It had, it had been ruminating for a couple of months, and I was like, now I'm going to write it this year. And then the world fell apart and I was like, ah, maybe I won't write it now. But thanks to some very good advice, which was now is the perfect time to write this book. I actually did. So, yeah. Um, but crisis mode, um, which most of us have experienced this year. Um, if your life is falling apart. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, can you, like, <laughs> are there other types of crisis? Like, all, other than yeah. the one that we have all experienced this year, like, yes. what other uh, occasions are, cri- call, you know, classes crisis? Yeah. It's anything that brings your routine life to a halt. So it could be a bereavement. It could be illness. It could be uh, a job loss or um, an accident or, you know. Um, a divorce. Yeah, a divorce. Yeah. There's, there's whole the whole ream of things but the key thing is that they're temporary situations um they can be very very intense and they can go on for a while but you know rationally that they will end at some point um so during crisis mode you just have to focus on taking care of yourself or your loved ones or you know and don't worry about about goals i mean i mean your goal might be to cook a meal today and that's fine um and you know we all go through things like that and in any given year 
most of us will experience one or more of those things because that's mm. life. Um, so I'm a big advocate of being adaptable and having a goal setting system that has room in it for crises mm. to come along. Um, granted, usually it's not a global pandemic that, you know, <laughs> locks you in your house for three months, but um you know there are things that can happen that really do derail your plans and you need to be forgiving and allow yourself to just survive for a while yeah absolutely and you know you do it, in some ways parenthood is like one long crisis mode you just survive it no i'm joking I, well i'm sort of half joking but yeah and i think actually many of us creatives who are wanting to do this full time will instead of being kind to yourself in that time put extra pressure on or beat yourself up because you're not doing mm. whatever you think you should have been doing or whatever um so yeah okay so mm. my last question was really around um tracking but i think you sort of covered um mm. that a little bit earlier so do you have any other tips or tricks or you know something that you would really want to you know listeners to do if they were going to set goals something you know to round off with yeah i think if you are if you're coming to this idea at just a sort of, you know like now middle end of the year and i know a lot of us fix a lot of um meaning on dates and like well I need a plan for the year and I'll, I'll do my goal setting for the year but actually you can set goals anytime and over any period so you know the first of January doesn't really mean anything it's just symbolic so try to let go of that feeling and don't put off planning for something or starting something just jump in and and try it and maybe set a short deadline maybe just a week or a month you know what am I going to accomplish this month and see what happens yeah in summary just fucking do it yes <laughs> <laughs> um amazing okay now I know you are a proper rebel um and of course you have um had some rebellions uh, talked about already on the show but mm. tell listeners about another time that you unleashed your inner rebel I was racking my brains about this because yeah, I obviously I shared my, my really big one last time I was on the show and I've emailed a few in. So I was like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in my late thirties and I just joined a rock band. Oh my God. I love that. That is amazing. <laughs> I, now you have to cut all your hair off to all like, or are you going to have like headbang? No, no, are you no. going to like headbang and yeah, like long, <laughs> long, like because some some rockers have like really long hair don't they yeah, um, yeah that's amazing I love that what a what a what a rebellion so are you joining as a musician as a singer what are you as I, a drummer? yeah I'm a singer okay. so yeah and it was a bit sort of out of the blue and not quite what I expected um so yeah it's very exciting we've had a few rehearsals and hopefully one day gigs will be allowed again and we'll actually get to play <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
will get to visit. Um, yeah. Okay, tell listeners where they can find out more about you, your podcasts, and also where they can get your books. Uh, yeah, so uh, everything's on my website, which is hbline.com. That's line with a Y, L-Y-N-E. Uh, and I'm on Instagram at hbline. That's the social media I'm most active on. I'm the co-host of the Unstoppable Authors podcast, and we have all of our stuff on unstoppableauthors.com. We have a really great Facebook group. And when is this airing? 14th of October. Fine. I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Great Writers Share podcast, and yeah. you can find out all about that at um, yeah on the Instagrams and everything. Um, so yeah amazing well thank you very much for your time today <laughs> thank you very much for having me um and thank you also to everybody listening and of course to the show's patrons um if you would like to get early access to all of the episodes as well as opportunities and other random goodies then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash sasha black i'm sasha black you are listening to hb line as well as a plethora of noise in the background today <laughs> <laughs> and this was a Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, I'm talking to Jeff Elkins, the Dialogue Doctor, all about how to write better dialogue. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review. Music.